Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews, and I know a lot of you were watching football this weekend, including Richard Jefferson, but we also had a weekend of great hoops as well. So here is everything that you may have missed from this weekend. 5.1 seconds left in a tie game. Curry dribbles on him, step back, jump around the way. Good! All the stuff and get out of the way. Embiid on Landale. Here comes a double, but he jams it. There's no stopping Embiid. The Sumo's got it. Picks the trailer. Caruso and a hard foul on Grace and Allen as Caruso hits the deck. For Alex to be in the air like that, for him to take him down like that, he's been in his career. And he has a history of this. Well, I don't know what else you can do about it. Tatum dribbling right hand to left hand, switches to the right, and attacks, floats it up, and in. And there's your 50 for Jason Tatum. Obviously, when you get in that zone, there's nothing like it. You just keep going. Welcome to NBA Today. So you saw what happened over the weekend, and we're going to get into all of that and more on the show. I am joined on set by two-time WNBA All-Star Chanae Agumake. Happy Monday, y'all. And NBA champion Richard Zero-time All-Star Richard Jefferson. <laughs> Zero-time All-Star Richard <laughs> yeah. Jefferson. I like that title for you. But you are a champion, though, it's. so. Okay. You're right. It's too too early to be this Ramona Shelburne and Mark Spears are both going to be joining us in the show. But I do want to start with the Nets and the Wolves game that was yesterday. So Anthony Edwards, he limped off the floor late in the fourth quarter after knocking knees with a Nets player. And he didn't return to the game. And then after the game, Wolves coach Chris Finch said that Edwards told him it wasn't anything serious. And then... Kyrie Irving, he had 30 points for the second time in his last three games. He's averaging nearly 28 points per game this season. That's when Kevin Durant is out of the lineup, as he is right now. And then you've got James Harden. He totaled 13 points and 13 assists in the loss. He shot four free throws in the game. And then afterwards, both Harden and head coach Steve Nash, they were unhappy with the officiating. Take a listen. Do you feel like you're getting the benefit of the whistle the same way? No. Why do you think that is? It's a good question. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. But it's, it's definitely uh, ones where there's, like, stiff arms and, and trips and things like that. But then on the other end, there's no consistency. So it's, like, it's frustrating. I think there's nights where, though, it's fair. And then there's other nights where it feels like it gets targeted a little bit. It's uh, just automatically... Uh, gets lumped into that point of emphasis where he's creating uh, the foul, which uh, is not always the case at all. All right, so Richard, what's your reaction here to what Steve Nash and James Harden said about the officiating? Well, one, I, I think as a coach, that's one of the codes. You always support your player. When one of your players is saying, I don't feel like this mm. is just. So it's hard to kind of understand. We've seen it with Mike Malone, with Jokic. We've seen this time and time right. again. 
for with James, I think he is one of those kind of transcendent players that young players in this generation have copied him because he's taken the game to different places. He's showed the Euro, the step back three, so many things that he's done has been you know fairly new to the game. And so his inability to adjust mm. to some of these new calls that every player in the league is having to adjust to, I think that that's a little bit, that's unfair. I think that's unfair on the league. I think it's a little unfair to him. But he's got to adjust. Your ability as a right. player to adjust will determine your greatness, and he's not doing a good job of it right now. Yeah, I just think, honestly, he probably didn't want to say too much because he doesn't want to be that guy that's complaining after a loss. Like, if I were able to get a couple foul calls, you sure. know that that's not the case for this game. But what I will say is I do believe that James Harden is the poster child for the rule change. Yes. And we've both been in locker rooms. If we're competing against the Brooklyn Nets, right, on the court, I'm going to be like, yo, yo, like, I'm just being physical. Let me play the game. You're telling the ref to James Harden, and the ref is going to be like, you know what? Let them play because everyone knows he's easy to say that against yeah. more than other players in this league. So I understand that, you know, this change, a lot of people have adapted at this point. But for James, if I'm his opponent, I'm walking onto the court and saying, like, well, this is the guy that plays aggressively, and he always gets away with it. And you might have that human error where it's higher against him versus anybody else. Right. But well, Go ahead. Go, go. No, no. Only thing I was going to say is that when we're talking about just pure statistics, like he shot 37% from three last year. Sure. He's shooting 33% this year. Right. He shot 46% from the field. He's shooting 41. Now you can say, oh, well, that's a part of my game, mm. you know, the free throws. But it wasn't the only part of your game when you first went to Houston. And his, and his assist set. game is arguably better in Brooklyn than but it was in Houston. here's yeah. my thing. So a couple of weeks ago, right, Brian Windhorst had a story in which James Harden said that he basically had a kumbaya meeting with the refs and they came to an understanding. So I guess my question now, Chanae, is at this point in the season, right, it, it, does it feel like because we're halfway, is this when everyone should adjust or is this what you expect moving forward? I expect that this is going to be a high and low type of, you know, player feel thing for James. And I think his situation is probably isolated based on everyone pointing and saying that he's the one, he's the culprit for these rule changes. But were, were I, people saying Trey Young was the culprit earlier? They, the no, 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 no. But James, James, James was like by far. Trey learned a lot from, Trey, Trey learned a lot from James. Let's just say that. I mean, the numbers don't lie though. No, they don't lie because the NBA was trying to tweak some of this stuff. But this is what I think about James Harden. He's such a great player. He's one of the great players of this generation. You have to have the ability to adjust. Mm. If not just only you. And I'll also say that, you know, if this is their greater issue, that's not a horrible issue considering Kevin Durant being out, meaning they're number two currently right now in the Eastern Conference standings. They're only one win back from being tied from first. They're still in a good position. I think he's just sort of, both, both him like and his Kevin, coach Kevin, are like, yeah, hey, Kev we need to control this side of our narrative. Kevin narrative. Durant didn't have any trouble adjusting. Steph Curry didn't have any but trouble he, adjusting. Like James four. Harden didn't have Katie, any trouble. Katie it, never has relied but really I'm on saying He's calls. in that same book as the top seven players. Joel Embiid didn't have any problem. Jokic I don't didn't think have any he problem. wanted to answer the question Richard, but I think he just said, hey, I'm well, going to be honest Well, that's a good way here. to get some yeah. of your money taken if you answer it. <laughs> He's got plenty of money. Well, speaking of, I mean. Let's talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually want to revisit something, though, that happened a little bit earlier in the weekend. It was notable Friday in the Bulls game against the Bucks. So Grayson Allen, he picked up a flagrant two and was ejected for this foul on Alex Caruso. And it turned out that Caruso suffered a wrist injury that's going to require surgery, and it's going to sideline him for six to eight weeks. And Allen has been given a suspension that is one game following the incident. So for more on this story, we have our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. So Woj, was Allen's prior history considered when the league came up, came up with the suspension? Uh, Malika, really more what was considered was the fact that Alex Caruso got injured 
Um, and the league is allowed to do that because initially uh, it appeared that the league was going to allow just the ejection to stand, the flagrant two foul, the ejection of Allen from the game. And then when they found out the next day on Saturday uh, that uh, Alex Caruso had suffered a fractured wrist, uh, then it was, uh, you know, they ultimately came to the one-game suspension. But when you look at prior history for Alex Caruso, for, for Grayson Allen, he had one flagrant in the NBA, and, and certainly, you know what people were referring to. They're referring to Duke yep. when there were instances of him tripping people, putting his leg out. That's not relevant to mm. the NBA looking at. Now, it was Billy Donovan's opinion, and you know he brought up the history, and clearly that's what Billy Donovan or those in Chicago were talking about. But the NBA is looking at your history with flagrant fouls or, or plays where players may have get injured or somebody would consider it a dirty play. He had one flagrant in, I think, about 167 NBA games. Mm. Um, I think the injury to Caruso essentially got him the one-game suspension. Right, because the Bulls, long-term now, they have injuries to both Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. So are they looking into any temporary replacement options as we approach the trade deadline, Woj? Yeah, listen, they can sign some players um, to 10-day contracts. They can do some things. You know, players on the margins, you know, G League players, but, you know, the idea that you're going to go out and make a significant trade because you have Ball uh, and Caruso out for eight weeks, um, it's not how they're going to handle it. Listen, you know, they're still tied in the loss column at the top of the East. Mm. Of course, they're only three games away from seventh place, but this is a team still with enough talent with DeMar DeRozan, uh, with Zach Levine, who hopefully is back here uh, in the next day or two. For the Bulls, they have enough talent, you know, to continue winning. Now, certainly, uh, they may not be able to compete for to stay in first place in the East. Uh, Caruso, Ball, are significant players for them, but you've seen them have uh, developed some young backcourt depth this season. And this is a Chicago team that you know they're going to get these players back, and they piled up so many wins. I think it's even more impressive given all the COVID issues they had, yeah. injuries they had. And the fact that they built themselves a cushion to withstand this, still be in the playoff chase, and get everybody back in plenty of time for the postseason. Well, and you still have someone like DeMar DeRozan going off for 41 points, right? And so this is a team that is incredibly deep. They're talented. Let's see what they can do without Alex Caruso for at least a little bit. Woj, thank you so much. Really appreciate you stopping by. But Woj did mention that the injury history, potentially that wasn't something that the league was considering, but it's something we're going to take a look at. So in 2016, while at Duke, Allen tripped an opposing player and received a technical foul. So he was later seen having a very upset reaction on the Duke bench. And then let's go to 2019 because it was at Summer League that Allen picked up two flagrant fouls within seconds of each other and then was ejected from the game. And it's very rare that you see something like that at Summer League. And then in 2020, Allen was seen trying to trip up, it appears, Trey Young on the court, which then prompted a Twitter exchange between the two. And Allen said to Trey on Twitter, damn, that must have really, really hurt. I'm sorry. I hope that you are okay. So coming back with the panel here today, I am curious, given Allen's history, and I know Woj said that that really wasn't something that was considered. It was more the injury that it occurred. 
Is a one-game suspension fair, do you think? I think it's fair. And, you know, the history part, I know a lot of people will say, oh, this guy has a propensity to do these types of things. You also hope that he can grow as a player. And I think it was really smart that Woj noted he's only had a limited amount of, you know, flagrant fouls in his time, you yep. know, in the league. And a lot of people had even been raving about his performance, you know, for the Bucks as of late. But I will say this, you know, I think it was interesting. Duke, at the time, self-imposed a suspension on him for his behavior. I think these are, like, extenuating circumstances is that Woj is absolutely correct. If someone's injured, you have to look at it again because this is a year where they're ramping up the physicality of the game. You're starting to see a little bit more of, you know, scuffles, a lot of, you know, hold me back, bro moments. And so you don't want these types of things to seem normalized. It just is unfortunate that Grayson Allen, once again, it adds to that long list of events. I 100% agree with, every, with everything that everyone has said because it's the league is looking at this. Well, let's talk about how the players are looking at this. Because as a player, Grayson Allen was one of the best players in college basketball. He's yeah. playing for Duke. It's high profile. So when he was tripping players, I was still a player. And we were all looking at locker room like, yo, if he tried to do some of that nonsense to somebody, Get there ready. would be issues. But the only problem with the way the league is formatted today, if I have issues with him and I want to go fight him, if I want to go do something like you don't do that, you're suspended for five games. That's going to cost you $800,000. The biggest thing for me watching this game is when he was laughing and joking on the sideline. Mm. He was laughing and joking on the sideline afterwards. And even when you see him walk off to the court, he's laughing and not laughing, but just kind of smiling. Like he doesn't understand the severity of this. He doesn't understand what's going on. He obviously, like he's watching this, waiting. He knows what he did was kind of wrong. But he's like, look, he's laughing and joking on this, which is not saying that you have to be in this somber moment. But even when you're walking well, off, right. you're doing this. And the point that I'll say about this is that you're playing against the Chicago Bulls. You're playing, the, you're the Milwaukee Bucks. Your team is battling for number one. You're on the defending champions. You're doing all of this stuff that you've been brought into. So now all of a sudden, a player is injured because of your antics. Should not be tolerated that, That's that one all. of those things that you're just like, hey, Grayson, you're wow. a talented player. You got to mature. You got to grow up. I don't have any problem with the first initial foul. Guys can get hurt doing anything. But it's that extra part that took a guy out for six weeks against one of the top opponents in your league. Those are the things that can cause problems. And, and there's a code when, you know, you are mad in the heat of the moment. Obviously, you see someone, you're like, what? I didn't foul. And then when you realize someone's hurt, all Hoopers are like, nothing well, matters. And and I think back to the Nikola Jokic situation, right, which was obviously different in the moment. It seemed, you know, coming, shoving people in the back, all that stuff. There was no basketball involved in that play. However, Nikola Jokic came after the game, spoke to reporters, and said that he was sorry. The Bucks issued a statement, by the way. Nowhere in that statement did the organization either quote Allen or say that they wished uh, Alex Caruso well. And so to me, those are the things that I see as, I don't know what he was laughing about, Richard. Maybe someone told well, no, him. But even if someone says back. something funny, Malika. That's fair. But there was other opportunities for us to hear his voice, and we haven't heard it yet. But you know who we have been hearing, based on his play, is Joel Embiid. Let's so coming go. up on NBA Today, Joel Embiid, he dropped 30 again in a win last night. So Chine is going to break down what he's done oh so well recently. And LeBron says he's in, quote, one of the best zones he's been in offensively. So how can that translate to wins for the Lakers? Plus, it's the best of the Ooh. best. It is the top of the top from the Ooh. weekend. Jalen Suggs, this is definitely going to make Ooh, it. Safe. Okay, young fella. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. 
another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. So two of the hottest teams in the league, they went head-to-head last night in Dallas, but it was the Mavs who beat the Grizzlies to improve to 12-3 and since Christmas. And Luka Doncic, he finished with 37 points, while John Morant, a.k.a. G12, dropped 35. So Dallas is now fifth in the West. And so for more on Luka and the Mavs, I'm joined now by senior writer Ramona Shelburne. And so the Mavs, they're having all of the success despite Luka struggling from three. He's Mm -hmm. shooting 22% from behind the line in January. That's the second worst three-point field goal percentage in the entire league. But you spoke to Jason Kidd. What is he attributing their success to right now? Defense. I mean, their defense in January, 98.8 points a game, is 5.7 points a game better than any other team. Mm. Defense and Jason Kidd kind of he kind of laughed. I go, "What's the key to all that?" And he goes, "Everyone's buying into the defensive schemes." I mean, Luca's trying on defense. He's tries. Right. When your best player, like he's not known for defense, he's never going to be an all defensive player. But when he is contributing and, and being part of the defensive schemes, it's inspiring for everybody else. Plus, and this is key, Malika. Kristaps Porzingis, five blocks in the first 24 minutes when he's protecting the rim, changes everything for the Mavs. When he's healthy and protecting Correct. the rim because that's been such an issue for him. I do want to go over to the Knicks, though, Ramona, because they snapped a three-game losing streak last night against the Clippers. Julius Randle, he finished with 24 points, but maybe more significant, Ooh. he spoke to reporters after the game yeah. for the first time since January the 6th. So what's the latest on Randle versus sort of all things New York right now? Well, I mean, he's been better on the road than he has been at home, which tells you something, right? And at home now you have fans again okay so this isn't Blue an empty fans. building anymore he signed that big contract yep. I think he's feeling a little but, you know in, in terms of how the Knicks treat him he he said last night I really appreciate owner Jim Dolan for standing by me what he means is the Knicks pay the fine the Knicks got fined $25,000 for Randall not talking and the Knicks paid the fine mm. now that's some good organizational support but he also needs to I mean you you've been in New York right you're a New York City girl. It's, it's no joke. How's that going to play if you don't talk to the it's media for weeks? It's not going to play weeks. very well. No. And it hasn't played very no. well. That's where the fines come in. Yeah. That's where then when you go and sit in front of reporters and you say, well, the organization didn't make me available, that doesn't become an acceptable enough no. answer, especially for that press corps. All right, let's go to the Great Northwest, though, because Damian Lillard, he last played on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. And since then, Portland is a surprising 7-4. Yeah. and four. And then Dame spoke for the first time since the injury on Saturday. And he said, basically, he was in no rush to return from the surgery he had on January the 13th. So what does this mean for the Trailblazers? Well, I think every GM in the league's ears per- perked up when they heard him say that sure okay because when he says I'm in no rush to come back there are several Portland Trailblazers who would be very attractive trade candidates and if you look at where they are in the standings what they need to do to build something around Damian Lillard and how they can rip their payroll right now it would make a lot of sense for them to look at offers for guys like Yusuf Nurkic who will mm-hmm. be a free agent to look at to 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 look at to look at other teams and, and to look at other players on that roster. And I think that is um, an interesting situation to watch, Malika, even though they have been pretty good. Right. And you and I both know that when Damian yeah. Lillard says, oh, I'm in no rush to come back, that's not his, like, subtle trade demands. That's usually mm-hmm. him just yeah. being like, oh, I'm in no rush to come back. Yeah. But I can understand why GMs, their ears perked mm. up there. Ramona, thank you so Thanks, much. Malika. Will you please come back to talk a little bit of Lakers a little okay, bit Okay, since later. you asked nicely. Yeah. I appreciate it. Because right now we got to go to the top of the top, kind of like Ramona's shoes, the tippy top. <laughs> Let's go. Where top. are we going? And Where am I standing? That, I don't even know. No one cares. No, I don't. Okay, fair. We are joined by Richard and Janae. So let's catch up on what people were locked into all weekend. 
outside of, outside of my Rams winning. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Top of the top. Let's, let's go. Let's get to the top of the top. So top Where's your helmet? Performance. Oh, my helmet's coming I later. I played this back like three or four times because Jalen sucks. He showed out with a little throw. Oh, okay. And that wasn't just it, though. Okay, Jalen sucks. I see you. Little known fact, he was also a football player. Could have been a football right. player. Oh, he was gonna a, keep he was it. a football, football player. player of the year. We're going to keep this trend going. We're going to keep this trend. But my young guy plays with a level of physicality. This hockey I mean, class is so much look fun. Look at that guy's face. Yeah, 100%. Oh, now listen, when T. Ross, a guy that knows how to put up. sorry, if he can start doing this more, oh! Like Catch a body, Not Demar. For, for Demar, I, listen. Right, if you hadn't done it to a thousand people, I'd be giving you more mess. Demar still oh, winning the handles. Let's go to the bay because Jordan Poole. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. not the JC. So I saw someone. Don't do it to my guy, JC. <laughs> Those are the worst. Like the oh. in and out. The in and out, Hezzy. And I then saw he made one it. Stano Anderson said no running by the pool. Oh, oh. no running by the pool. Toscano, that is my favorite thing. I will steal it. I'm citing my source right now. Jordan Clarkson had to make no running by the pool. All right, top dimes. We had some dimes yesterday in first in Charlotte. Lamella Ball. I mean, you know what's coming. Oh, come on. Oh, with the reverse. This is easy for him. Yeah, that's so easy. All star game. See you there, young fella. Yes, sir. Hi. Let's see you. Goodness. And then we had to go to Denver because Nikola Jokic. Look at this. What? Uh, that was, you know, oh, what the you know how hard it is? Usually you do it with one hand, but you're doing it with two. That's harder to like get past your head. I mean, different. Oh my goodness. He's different. Jokic right. MVP. Last but certainly not least, the beast in the East, Joel Embiid. What? 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 I mean, don't just, worry. We don't want to see him there. What just happened? We don't want to see him there. Okay, here we go. I, it's something special. Oh, oh. top poster. I don't know. Look, this is just like child abuse here, which we do not condone. Not but when, at all. When you're going to take little but kids like that and do it to them, what? What's, that's what's a man. It? I mean, I know you do to your sons at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, I dunk <laughs> on my kids all the time. They, listen, they're going to have to learn. I don't know if you saw Andrew Hawkins. Yeah, he was doing that. You, know, you got to. Oh yeah. Teach your we'll kids early. more on Joel Embiid later in the show. But speaking of big men, coming up on NBA Today, Anthony Davis is nearing his return to action. Is he the answer to all of the Lakers' problems? I mean, Richard doesn't think so, but what else? Is oh, why you got to throw me under the bus? And then there's Jason Tatum. He dropped a 50-piece last night. Does that change your outlook on the Celtics season at all? Nope. nope. Plus, let's go to the Bay because Steph Curry, he hit a game winner on Friday but missed 12 threes last night. So any concerns about his slump? Stick around. Nope. NBA Today rolls nope. on after this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The minute he touches the ball, he is a threat. Kyrie Irving's in his bag. Now what's up? Steph Curry's the greatest shooter God ever created. Steph hit and Trey. It ain't nothing. That's what's up. It's Saturday primetime. Nets Warriors on ABC. 5.1 seconds left in a tie game. Was that the play? That was the play. Get the ball to Steph and... Get out of the way. Yes, sir! The baby-faced assassin puts the Rockets away. And it's about time I made one. That's the first one! <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so you all saw Steph's game winner, so let's go coast to coast on the rest of the weekend. Let's get it. That was wild. But I want to start with a record. So Kansas State junior, Ayoka Lee, she scored 61 points against number 14, Oklahoma. That's the most points ever scored in a game in women's D1 history. Chanae, how hard is this to do? It's even harder when you're a post player and shooting two. She was 23 for three. She didn't even take a three. She didn't even take a three. Way to go, Ayoka Lee! Young takes lots of threes. He had another 30-point game on Saturday as the Hawks beat the Hornets by 22. Atlanta has now won four in a row and have a five-game homestand coming up. So, Richard, yes or no, all-star starter for Trey? Uh, that's up to the fans, and if the fans are going to vote him in, then that's what it is. It's partly up to the voters. All right, so the Suns keep rolling. They got their sixth straight win on Saturday against the Pacers, and they are a lead <laughs> 36-9. So Phoenix has the longest active winning streak in the NBA. And then the Warriors, they beat the Jazz by two on Sunday. But Steph Curry, he had another tough shooting night, just going five for 20 from the field and one of 13 from three. So here's what he said when he was asked if he was ever going through a slump like this after the game. Uh, I mean, not this many games, probably just in the, uh, the way you know, 82 game season games keep coming and you're trying to uh, you know make the adjustments and again, shoot shots that you normally take and, and make. So the work will show. Just sticking with it, keep winning games in the process, and um, yeah, don't don't change anything about my approach. So one note on the Warriors' opponents, the Jazz last night, our Tim McMahon reported that Rudy Gobert will miss tonight's game against the Suns with a calf strain, and remember, Utah's already without Donovan Mitchell, who's in concussion protocols, but... I want to talk about the Warriors. So we welcome in our senior writer from the undefeated, Mark Spears. So from your knowledge of the team, are there any concerns, Mark, surrounding the slump for Steph? Uh, Steph says he's not worried. Kerr says it's a reminder that he's human. But Steph is also one that always looks at his statistics. Mm. And, and I know by looking at the box score yesterday, those good tidings from that game winner he made the other day probably just went away. He's shooting 41% from the field right now, 37% from three-point range. The good things is his assists are up. He's at 34 assists in the last four games on only six turnovers. But, you know, the one thing with him is he, he, he says he's, uh, he's beating up himself a little bit. He said, who gives a damn about excuses? And so Seth is certainly thinking about it. Um, I also see a new trend this season where we're seeing more longer defenders against Steph, mm. uh, which I think is distracting him more and more. And also, no Draymond Green, I think, has had an effect on him as well. Right, and they were also shorthanded in that game because Clay Thompson was a late scratch yesterday. So is there any sense that his absence could extend beyond missing just that one game? Yeah, no, the Warriors aren't too, too concerned. Um, this is the same knee that uh, Clay hurt in the finals in that game six against the Raptors. But it's just some soreness, and uh, they're erring on the side of caution. Everything I'm hearing is he's expected to play uh, tomorrow night against Dallas. Um, I'm probably more concerned right now for Draymond Green. Uh, this is, uh, you know, he still has another week before the Warriors uh, reevaluate him. Right. But right now, I keep hearing there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if perhaps this, is, this could go a little longer. Mm. Uh, he's the heart and soul of this team. The same way we saw with Gobert's absence, how much it's hurt the Jazz. I think you're seeing that with the Warriors right now. They need him on both ends of the court. But, uh, hey, uh, it's, it's very uncertain when Draymond will be back. 
Well, Clay, that's a, a bit of good news, right? And then, yeah, with those injuries, it starts at some point in the body and are radiating at different, uh, to different places, like Draymond with his back and his calf. We certainly hope to see him coming back soon. Mark Spears, thank you so much. Really appreciate you stopping by NBA Today. We will see you soon. But you know who has been on fire? Joel Embiid. He scored 38 points against the Spurs last night, and the Sixers beat the Spurs. And he has now scored 30 or more points in 13 of his last 14 games. So, Chine, what are you seeing with Embiid that's working so well offensively right now? He's not on fire. He's on fire. On fire. I know. This man is on fire. I know a lot of people heard LeBron James say that he's in one of the best offensive zones of his career right now. Well, that is actually second statistically to Joel Embiid. Joel is having a dominant stretch right now, and it's unlocking his game like crazy. So I'll show you. Uh, roll me my tape, producer Kwaku, baby. All right, let's start with the high post. Joel Embiid is seven feet tall. He's got a seven-five wingspan, and his shooting is elite. Look at this touch, but how hard is it as a defender to guard him when he has those natural biomechanics, a perfect release form, that's cash money. High post shooting, he's got that in his bag. His footwork actually works hand in hand with his assists. He's averaging a career high 4.3 assists per game so far this season, so when you space the floor and he's a threat passing the ball, look what happens to the defense. You bite, footwork works, Turn around, easy bucket. You had three people and then he parted the Red Seas, pun intended. Uh, reading the defense, he's at a high level at this too. All right, he sees the paint is vacated and he's so great at making quick reads, the paint is open. So he attacks, he's second in the NBA in drawing fouls and free throws because he makes the read and goes aggressively. And speaking of which, the aggressive mindset is not just the paint, it's also on the perimeter. Right now, Joel Embiid is shooting a career high 39% from three, but guess what? He doesn't settle, so the ball is ping-ponging. He doesn't settle, nice little scoop to the rim. Again, finish tough at, tough at the basket. Joel Embiid is playing ridic ridiculous amounts of basketball right now with his game. I just love that he's improved in small facets that has allowed him to take on a heavier workload. The Philadelphia 76ers have won 11 of their last 14 games, and it's due to that man. But here's my question today. Can he sustain that level, Richard? I think 100% he can sustain. Like, obviously, you're not going to just keep scoring 30 the rest of the season. He might have a game nice. where he scores 22, mainly because their <laughs> team is winning. No, I, I love what Joel Embiid. I think basically what he is showing is that he is the centerpiece of a championship team. So he's looking around. If I was Joel Embiid, which I am not, I would be looking around. It's like, hey, what more do you guys want me to do? If you don't find me some players to put around me so that I can go win a championship because he is having a championship level season. Even last year, one of the guys for the MVP before his injury, before yep. he had to take time off. And right now his statistics put him in the MVP race again. Uh, you know, this is one thing I love about our studio. Momo, what's good Momo? Uh, would you say that Joel Embiid, nod your head, is he feeling 100% right now? He's feeling pretty good. That's the reason. I mean, him being <laughs> consistent, and that's why I love this show. Shout out to Momo, uh, who always has the, like, the line to Joel. He, once he's healthy and feels like himself, he's an MVP candidate each and every year. Right. And that's exactly what we're noticing and seeing. But I also like how he's working on his game. He's passing the ball. He's shooting the three-ball battle. I mean, what? Um, you guys know him. Yeah. When, when, when Philly goes, when Philly goes, well, look, if this takes all year, okay, you see Joel Embiid. You're just going to go in there and say, hey, Joel, you're doing great this year. We'll, we'll see if we can run it back next year. Right. Because if you don't get something for Ben Simmons, you're not winning a championship this year. You bringing up Ben Simmons? It drives show? me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we all saw what Joel Embiid did, but you, did you guys see what Jason Tatum did? This My goodness. He dropped 
Beta BC last night. So did that big game change your outlook on the Celtics? Find out after this. No. Beta BC. Oh, you come on. You right. What? I'm just No, he's not. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. All right, so welcome back to NBA Today. While the world and Richard Jefferson was busy watching the Rams versus the Bucks, Jason Tatum <laughs> was busy dropping a cool 50-piece. So the Celtics, they were visiting the Wizards. Jason Tatum had struggled shooting as of late for Boston. He missed 23-pointers entering Sunday, but clearly that wasn't an issue against the Wizards. Look, Jason Tatum already is an elite scorer, but he's also a streaky scorer, and you combine that with finding his three, I mean, off the dribble, that's his specialty. Look at how difficult those three were, but you, you know, you know that this was going to be his night early on. 31 points in the first half, three, six of seven from three point in the first half. That's the most points in an NBA first half this season. But he kept it rolling in the third quarter. Chanae sitting at 42 points. Not anymore. Right now he has 45. And I love it when he shows a little bit of emotion. And then, you know, like, this is at this point his ninth three, I believe, of the game. Up to 48 points there. I mean, that guy was unconscious. Well, and at this point, the Washington fans, they <laughs> want to see 50. So fourth quarter, Tatum drives, gets a friendly roll. And it goes in. There it is. 51 points, yes, 9 of 14 from 3, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. The Celtics win. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, but elsewhere in the East, Grayson Allen, he picked up a flagrant 2 and was ejected for this foul on Alex Caruso. And Allen has been suspended for one game following the incident. And just moments ago, here's coach Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, you know, as the statement said, you know, I think we disagree with the the decision, but you know, we support Grayson. Um, you know, we look forward to having him back. Uh, you know, I think we're all, you know, ready to just move forward. Um, you know, it's it's very, very, very unfortunate what happened to Alex Caruso, and uh, none of us want you know injury to happen to anybody at any time for any reason, and um, you know, so. Our thoughts are with Alex. Our thoughts are with, you know, their team, with Coach Donovan. Um, you know, you don't want that. But uh, at the same time, you know, Grayson and what he's been for us uh, has, has been, you know, unbelievable. We love his toughness. We love his competitiveness. And we look forward to having him back on Friday. So, Bud is right. Grayson Allen is having a career year with the Bucks. He's averaging career highs in minutes points, rebounds, and three-pointers made. So he's been a good fit in his first season with the defending champions. But, Chanae, what did you think of what, what Coach Bud said? You know, I think he said what everyone expected, but the reality of the situation seems to still be more grave because you're talking about a team, the Chicago Bulls. If I'm Chicago, I'm just sick because their team has dealt with a number of issues to start the season. Everyone was really excited to get Caruso back. I even said earlier, like, their defense is 10 points better, meaning they hold opponents 10 points uh, more, less you fewer. know, points. Yeah. Based, thank you, fewer is the word. Yeah. So less points when Caruso's on the floor, plus Lonzo Ball now being out, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, this hurts their team. And so, like, this is one of those things where it doesn't feel mm -hmm. justified for their squad 
but it's a one-game suspension for Grayson Allen. No, look, I can, I understand the one-game suspension. I understand why a team is not going to jump on their own player and like, yeah, we talked to him. I get it, fully support. But let's also understand you want everybody to be treated equally. If that would have been Giannis going up, if that would have been somebody else and he would have been missing six weeks, you wouldn't be sitting over here saying, hey, look, we disagree with this. Or I think a one-game suspension is just if that were to happen to one of your players. And also Grayson Allen should probably be made available to reporters. Yeah, maybe tweet. Maybe say my bad. But we're not done yet here on NBA Today. Anthony Davis, he might be back tomorrow night. But is AD's return enough to fix the Lakers' problems? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm in one of the best zones offensively I've been in in my career. There he is! I don't need to score 30 a night, but I'm in one of the best zones offensively I've been in in my career. I don't plan on stopping it. Um, that's just how I feel. I feel fantastic. Shooting the ball extremely well. I don't go into the game saying, oh, you got to score 30 or you guys don't have a chance to win. I just play the game and it's, the scoring has just been happening organically. All right. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm here with Ramona, Richard, and Cheney. So LeBron is saying that he is in the zone. Don't let him get in his zone. Richard. Do you see anything different from him? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I don't see it. Honestly, the thing I take from that is that, you know, over the course of his career, he has become extremely more humble as he's gotten older. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, all, no, look, all kidding aside, look, big fella's balling right now. Yeah. Kind of like Joel Embiid Thank is you. balling. There's certain guys that are balling. But unfortunately, his groove is not leading to the wins that they have over the course of the first 16 years or 17 years, 19 years, whatever it is of his career. And that's been the biggest issue for the Lakers. Well, you said be humble. Did you see what he said on Instagram? What he said? Oh, no, that, no we're joking. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, I'm at just, least he didn't go third I'm just person. Saying, he said no, he should be in the same conversation with MJ and Brady. I mean, isn't he, though? But he is. He's rookie. Somehow they're looking older. Just yeah. some bars. He had some time. Yeah, he's got some time. Look, he's just right now. It, it There's no matter. reason for him. He's like, he's already calling himself the king. He does not need to be humble. I, I'm I think he's out of control. Uh, huh? I want to write a rap. Oh, yeah, down. I got bars. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I think that, you know, with LeBron James, I don't mind him controlling the narrative. Yeah. Because the Lakers, they've been trying to find ways to win. They said, all right, you're going to start with the ball in your hands. Actually, we're going to start you at center. But no matter what, I'm going to get 30. And so I think, you know, with AD back, they're still in the playoff position. Things aren't as dire yeah. as it seems, but I don't know what you think. Well, mm-hmm. let's let's switch gears then yeah. to Anthony Davis because what what is the latest Ramona? What are the chances well, that we could see him tomorrow at Brooklyn? I, I still think it's pretty slim at this point. I mean, look, when they upgraded him to questionable before that Miami game, everybody went, whoa. Right, me. I went, whoa. <laughs> Just like that, right? Um, and, and I think they did that in a way that, yeah, he's close. He's getting closer, but they knew it was probably unlikely he would play in that Miami game. He went through and did some work yesterday. Um, he's going to do some work again before the game. I mean, it's possible, but um, 
they're really being cautious. With right. I think he comes back sometime on this trip, as Dave McMenamin reported a couple weeks ago. But uh, they can't get him back soon enough because as somebody put it in the league organization the other day, each one of these games that LeBron is playing is like one and a half games because yep. of how much work he's having to do. Well, and we should note that the video that we just showed, it is a little bit old. It was before this road trip because when he was shooting in Miami, he yep. wasn't wearing a brace on that knee. But Cheney is the pending return of Anthony Davis. Does that just, boom, solve all the Lakers' problems? No, all of their problems can't be solved through one player. It's going to have to take a collective, you know, you know, effort for them to all get back on track. But I will say this, you know, I do like them being a little bit more cautious with him coming back on the road because all those flights, it doesn't matter if they're private or commercial, they add up on your body. And mm -hmm. so I like him coming on the latter half of the road trip because I'm someone who's known how to you know, deal with coming back. And I will say this, you know, defensively, that is the biggest upgrade that you're going to get with AD back because this is a team that right now has the, you know, fifth worst defense. They allow about the seventh most points in the, you know, paint ever since AD has been out. This guy has been an all defensive player for multiple years. And that's the biggest boost that they'll have. They know that they have a helicopter in the paint that can swat things and they can play more aggressive on the perimeter. And I think that will amount in more wins. So if it's one person, AD is a huge boost, but we all know that the Lakers have to do it together. One player is not good enough. Woo! Yeah, well, look, you look at down there, 13 and 14 with Davis, 10 and 10 without them. Is there any difference? Is there any? Now, now, I understand before everyone starts going crazy, LeBron James missed a ton of that time. They were dealing with injuries at THT and none who's still struggling. So, like, they've had some issues there getting their entire lineup healthy. But, yeah. yes, to answer the question, is Anthony Davis going to solve it all? It's not like when you're looking at Giannis and when you're looking yeah. at what his team's record is when he's in there. Ultimately, he's one of the top five big men in this league. He's, you know, he's one of the top five big men in the league, and whoever's adding that type of level of talent, it's going to be improvement, but they still collectively have soul-searching to do once he comes back. Look, the only way the Lakers get better is from within. There's, mm -hmm. no, there's no help coming from the outside. There's, they, they could try to do something at the trade deadline, but they really don't have the assets to get much done. And so it's on those three guys. Mm -hmm. Anthony yeah. Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. They made the deal over the summer. They said they were going to do it together. It's on them to figure it out. Right. And, you know, we haven't seen it come together for a string of multiple games thus far. I know that they are hoping that getting Anthony Davis back, if nothing else, provides some sort of morale boost. Right yeah. Well, well, they were saying, look, for the last five years, we've talked about Anthony Davis being a top five player, a top five talent, when he's going to lift himself to defensive player of the year, MVP candidate. Well, right now, he's looking like a top five big man. He's not even looking like a top five in his position, because you're talking about Giannis. I, I would put above him. I would put I would put, I would put Embiid above him, and I would put Jokic above him. So right now, he currently, all of that ability and talent and won a championship, he right now is probably the fourth best big man in this league. On Perk's list, that would be DeAndre Ayton, so he would actually... I would put, De I would put, I would put that's also fair. Yeah. Ramona, thank you so much Thanks, for guys. joining us today. Really appreciate you stopping by. Coming up, we know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are oh. the NFL's next What's the NBA equivalent? We'll tell you in 60 seconds. Luka and Ja. Luka and Ja. AD and Giannis could be interesting, too. I didn't think about that. Here's our next NBA Wednesday doubleheader on ESPN and the app. The Knicks face the Heat at 7.30 Eastern. And then the Suns face the Jazz. Richard, we're going to be working. starts Ooh. with countdown. NBA countdown at 7 o'clock Eastern. He loin.
I know it's NBA today, but we're going to be recapping the NFL action from yesterday on Saturday. The oh. Bengals beat the Titans on the road. Without a doubt. On a last-second field goal. Shout, shout out Joe Burrow and company. And then yeah. also on Saturday, another road team, yeah, yeah, oh, The 49ers, they beat the Packers on a last-second field goal. San Francisco advanced. What's our side bet? 49ers game, versus Rams. The future the of Bay versus LA. The Packer in jeopardy. And then on Sunday, the Rams led Tom Brady and the Bucks by a score of 27 to 3. Never only a doubt. Only to have the Bucks eventually tie the game late in the fourth. And as they have all season, the Rams relied on Cooper Cup to take them down the field and never won a doubt on a walk-off field goal. And then in the last game of the weekend, an epic duel between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes concluded with the Bills and the Chiefs combining for 25 points in the last That's two minutes so of regulation. That was amazing. One in overtime, and the Bills never even got a chance to respond. Not even respond. Ooh, okay. Way to get that out there, Malika. That was a weekend. But given the budding rivalry between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Mahomes and Josh Allen, a pair of young quarterbacks who could be going head to head for the next decade, Richard in the NBA. In the NBA. Who is that young rivalry? The young rivalry is I'm going to say Luka and Ja. And this is why I think it's Luka and Ja. The main reason why is because I think Luka's got all the natural talent. This man was all everything coming over here, but there's been questions about his intensity at time, not talent. That man over there, Ja, there has never been a question about this man's intensity. So if I had to look at young players under 25, those two would be at the top. Same conference, battling nonstop. It reminds me of like Dirk and Tim Duncan or or Tim Duncan and KG. These guys battled it out for a decade, if not longer. You guys know I got to rep the motherland, especially after UFC 270. You guys saw me okay, in the streets. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're talking about Nigeria and Cameroon action. I feel like this rivalry, especially in the East, not just when it comes to teams, but also positionally, what they're doing at the center position, right? You know, Joel yeah, B yeah, is killing right now. Giannis Antetokounmpo, defending champ MVP. This guy's waiting to be an MVP. So I'm ex- I'm really curious to see, like, who will edge, you know, the next person out. It largely starts with team building. The Bucks have a head start on team building, but I have a feeling like there are going to be some moves made uh, in the next year or so. I mean, there has to be at this point. You think point, Philly so. will make a move? They better. I'm having such a hard time listening to you when you look like that. All right. ESPN's power rankings for this week are out. And the Heat, they climbed all the way up to fourth ahead of the defending champion Bucks. So, Chanae, are the Heat getting enough credit for their success this year? I don't think they are because they've quietly, even dealing with a number of injuries, so still stayed at the top of the rankings, which is extremely impressive as they're acclimating you know, players back. This, to me, finally for this, I'm good. I'm good with this power ranking. Oh, I think that's the first time all season that you've just been totally I'm good. Okay I'm happy with power this. rankings. Richard, are you okay with this? The Warriors are interesting. 100% I circle. am. I would put the Bucks uh, I would put the Bucks above the Heat and above the Grizzlies. I'm not here cuz only when their team is fully healthy and they will have their entire roster, they are one of the top 3 teams in this league. Outside of that, it's been the Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors very consistently throughout there. Are you concerned Richard about the Warriors though? No, I'm not concerned. Draymond, you see Steph's numbers go through the roof when him and Draymond yeah. are connected. But it takes by week ranking. So that is interesting that Golden State is all the way up at number two, even given they've had a little bit of this going on. Right, Cheney? Yeah, correct. You guys, sorry, I'm distracted by the helmet that he wore. Oh, at the no, end of the day, we got, we got the Bay the versus L.A. I, I like, I, what do you, just say, so what's the bet? What's the side bet? We'll, we'll talk. I think Malika, we're going to get her to do five push-ups. <laughs> five push-ups. We're going to do a push-up. Five push-ups in heels right now. Let's, let's go. go. We got eight seconds. Let's right. go. Push-ups. Come on. Let's next. go. Push-ups. Oh, she's show one. Two. 
Three, get it, girl. Get Come on, on the ground. Let's go. Come on.